Hi, fellow Nancy Drew enthusiasts and newbies and all of you out there. Welcome to Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me on Twitter with the handle Indy Nickerson, and you can also find me on Twitter with the handle at Romancing Nancy. If you're interested, you know, that's fine. I do want to say, oh, we're going to start off, today's episode is going to deal with the third Nancy Drew Files mystery, which is called Murder on Ice. Yes. I fucking love this one, y'all. I just love it. Um, I'm also going to recommend a fic, which is based on this specific Nancy Drew Files. I'm going to put that in the description for this episode, so, so that I don't forget. So today's is going to be really interesting, and I think I might break it up into three parts. So the first part is going to be like the establishing of the mystery and what happens like leading up to it. And then the second part is probably going to be like once Nancy kind of figures out what's going on. And the third part is going to be the ending, which is just bonkers. So strap in, y'all. It's going to be good. Okay. So we're picking up in September of 1986 is when this one was published, although it honestly is set in like the winter of that year. So the first book in this series is the beginning of the school year-ish, like Nancy's starting the school year at Bedford High, like she's maybe a few weeks in, so she's the new kid, she doesn't know what's going on. The second book is set soon after, so it's in the fall, and then this one's set in the winter, so it's been a little bit, which means that Nancy and Ned are pretty much past the Daryl Gray bullshit, which may he die in a suspicious fire, and no one be blamed for it. Oh my god, I hate him. Okay. (laughs) So, they don't really bring up Daryl in this book, not really. We're past that. We are beyond it. We have bonded. We have gone to some sort of mountain cabin. It's been good. We've had some good shit. However, I'm going to just start off with some fucking logistics for this one. So Nancy, as you know, drives a Mustang GT convertible. Ostensibly, that bitch fits five. Like, if you were going to, you could cram five people in there. Like, theoretically, yeah, that's that's possible. You, you could. But honestly, it fits two adult human beings and like a large dog. Or all your shopping. Or... Like, a person that you don't really love that much. <laughs> now, you can take, because she's got a convertible, and I've, I've ridden in a Mustang convertible before. If you take the top down, then yeah, like, it's cool. But, like, anybody who was of any height whatsoever, you gonna bump your, that bitch's head on the roof in the back. Because, oh my god, it's so low. There's one point in this book where they're, like, trying to cram six people in the Mustang, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, no, no, honey, no. It's like two people and then a third in the back who was kind of leaning forward and talking to y'all like please no the mustang is known for its v8 engine and its boss ass sound system but it is not known for hauling your all your friends around so why do i bring this up because nancy has driven her fucking mustang all the way from illinois to fucking vermont to go on a ski trip with her friends I did not map this, but that sounds just ridiculous. Like, also, she's fit best George and Ned into the car. Now, again, logistically, okay, Ned's got to be in the front because he's tall and he has long legs. Okay, so that leaves Buzz and George in the back. Both of them are fully grown-ass adults, um, which means by the time you get to Vermont, like, at least one of y'all ain't going to be friends with the rest of the group anymore because, oh, my God. But anyway, uh, this is fiction. They make it with no bloodshed. So, 
they're driving up there. They're looking for Webb Cove Road because they're going to stay at the Webb Cove Lodge, I think. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, which they could have stayed at the place up the road, which is called the Overlook. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, fuck, because the Overlook is the name of the hotel in The Shining. It's in, it's in Colorado, though, and at no point does Nancy look down a carpeted hallway and want to ride a big wheel or see any twins dressed creepily and beckoning her to come play with them or any hedge mazes that seem to be wanting to eat her. So I'm hoping that, that it was limited to just the mention of the Overlook, even though we are close to Maine because we're in Vermont. It's fine. Okay, but Web Cove is like... Here's the thing. Web Cove is here to cock block my couple because... It's set up dormitory style, which means you got two big ass rooms. You got one for the guys and one for the girls. And they have bunk beds. And I was like, no, no, you assholes. Okay. In the first book, they didn't go anywhere. In the second book, they're in New York, but her father is staying in her suite, so she can't fuck around with Ned. And then you let them go on a romantic ski vacation with fucking dormitory style, like a hostel. Like it's, it's a, it's just like, it's a fucking hostel, y'all. It, like a, it's a fancy one but it's a hostel. Hey, cool. Okay. So they're trying to find the place. And then Nancy accidentally drives by the, the road that goes into it. And Bess is like, I think Nancy has a case of Ned blindness, not snow blindness, Ned blindness, because he's in the car with them. And Nancy's like, Oh, shut up. And you're like, no, it's sweet though. Like this is the first book of the series that actually like is sweet with them. Like, Oh my God. Anyway, I love them so much. Okay. So they, they pull off. Um, Nancy's in there signing the ridiculously detailed guest register, which is like, please write down your credit card information. I'm like, bitch, is that, is that shit behind lock and key? Like, what the fuck are you thinking? But anyway, and it says like occupation and best leans over and she's like, oh, you left that blank. You forgot to put hottest teen detective in the United States and the person behind the desk who was named Liz is like oh you're a detective and Nancy's like my friend was just playing side note the files which again I fucking love um it'd be kind of weird to do them set in present day because if you actually said okay everybody has the internet and cell phones like Nancy could never be fucking undercover again like she would have to have like her detective persona and her real life persona which i do love the the intrigue that could be involved there like is she gonna be wearing a fancy wig will she be rocking a variety of accents i don't know but anyway that is not a thing here and of course like depending on the case nancy's fame is international or it's localized to river heights just depending on what the person needs so anyway so Liz is like, can I talk to you? And Nancy's like, of course you can, as they're checking in again to the fucking dormitory style. Fucking hell. Um, but Liz is like, oh, we've got a ski instructor who, like, we, we occasionally have random ski instructors, which makes it sound like vagrants stop by and are like, hey, can I teach skiing? And until we catch them, like, drunk behind a barn is cool. They can stay. Um, but they've got a new guy, and she's like, he's, he's pretty good. I enjoy it. Um, but anyway, so Liz calls Nancy back to go behind a locked door with her. And she's like, Nancy, I really need some help. I saw this prowler and it was the creepiest thing ever because he had no fucking face. It was just a pair of eyes that were floating in the darkness. And Nancy's like, uh, no, 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 honey, this is not the TV show. We do not do supernatural shit. Anything that happens in this story series has to be based in reality 
we ain't doing some witchcraft, so what? And Liz is like, oh, well, I mean, maybe he was wearing a ski mask. And you're like, bitch, it's Vermont. There's a foot of snow on the ground. Of course, that fucker was wearing a ski mask. It's fine. Uh, Liz has noticed that somebody was, like, trying to tamper with the locks to get in. And, like, she's seen somebody just walking around the property late at night. And she's like, I don't know what's happening. It's make me flip out. I don't, I'm not in love with it. Um, if you could just maybe see what's going on. So it's just a prowler, possibly a peeping Tom, because again, you've got a dormitory full of girls, which makes this really sound like it could turn into a slasher movie at any moment. It's fine. So Nancy's like, I mean, of course, like it's what I do everywhere I go. A mystery happens. So of course she goes back and tells her friends what's going on. And Ned's like, is it possible that we will ever have a legit vacation? And all of her friends are like, no, no, it's not. Like, to the point that we joke that Nancy and Ned, if they actually did go on a honeymoon, like, immediately she would trip over a dead body. Like, that's just how she rolls. It's fine. So, of course, the first thing Nancy does is she wants to go out and meet people. Um, the Liz says that the Prowler was a guy, which, again, if it was a pair of eyes floating in the darkness, like, why not blame a witch? It's fine. Um, so she's pretty sure that the person was white. And that's pretty much it. Because, again, ski mask. It's fine. Um, so Nancy's like, okay, so I need to meet who's around here and see, like, who might have a motive to be poking around here. She does also at some point think maybe Liz is just making this shit up because she wants an excuse to maybe get, like, collect insurance money. And I was like, this kind of shows me that you don't understand insurance money collection. Like, is she going to burn the fucker down and, and, like, claim that it was a prowler who did? Like, there's no sign of that. It's fine. Oh, Nancy. Um, so she goes out. There's a plot point here that Nancy and George have brought their skis because they're hardcore athletes, but Bess and Ned did not, which... I kind of call bullshit on like Ned is quite athletic and he plays every single fucking sport that Emerson allows him to like seriously later in the series it comes out that he's like I mean I could go pro and baseball basketball or football I mean it's just up to me the world is my oyster but yeah like he he doesn't have excuse because it's a plot point but anyway they're like they take it off the luggage rack on the Mustang and I'm like I raise my hand and I'm like hello the Mustang does not have a luggage rack. Like, you would have to mount that shit. What the... F- what are you doing? What are you... Just let her rent an SUV for the trip. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway. So, George... Um, I don't remember what the fuck George is doing at this point. Nancy puts on her skis. Um, Ned finds out that the ski instructor apparently has a spare set that he is offering for sale, and then Bess is going to have to run some. Bess runs into a guy named Gunter, who is a German foreign exchange student. I was like, okay, this is 86, East Germany or West Germany, but they do, they never say. That's fine. But anyway, he's hot, and Bess is like, yeah, because Alan... If you may remember, she was dating for the first two books in the series. Fuck that shit. She has moved on, which she mentions to Nancy and, and her George. She's like, I don't know. I mean, he is an exchange student and he's not, he's going to be here like through the end of the semester. And they're like, bitch, you know, you ain't going to be with him until the end of the semester. Like, don't even worry about that. And Bess is like, I mean, it's never intentional, but I mean, why not have fun with him while I'm here? And you're like, of course. 
it's a Vermont ski vacation. You're not talking about eloping with him. It's fine. Just just tap it and move on. It's cool. There's a roaring fireplace. Surely you can find some time to be alone. So Nancy heads out. Um, Ned's again off looking for skis. George is doing fuck who knows. Um, Bess is trying to track down some skis as well. So she sees this tall guy who has blonde hair and blue eyes, and she's like, Hi, I'm Nancy Drew. And he's like, I'm Luke Erickson. And you're like, Could you have not thought of a wider name? Like, oh my God. If, you, if you're like, What could the widest name be? Luke Erickson's going to be really high fucking up there. So he's really brusque with her. She's like, Oh, you're the ski instructor? Liz said you were good. And he's like, I am. And you're like, cool bye anyway so nancy's like well i guess i'm gonna head up to the chairlift for vague ski reasons and luke's like oh no no i have to go check out the chairlift so you cannot take it and nancy's like oh okay are you gonna do that at some point today i mean and he's like look i'm gonna go check it out you cannot touch it until then and nancy's like okay what's this like kind of sketch looking thing over here and he's like that is the tow line and that is what i use to get up there when i am inspecting the chairlift and it is only for experts and then he just skis away as one does after one has been brusque um so nancy's like well fuck you for thinking that i'm not an expert skier because of course if nancy has attempted it she fucking rocks at it so she goes over to the tow line and it's, which I can't really imagine. I guess it's like a clothesline that's on a motor. I don't fucking know. I've never skied in my life. My God, it's fine. It's fine. I'm here for the hot cocoa and the making out in front of a roaring fire. That is what I'm here for. So Nancy grabs the line and it pulls her upward and she's like, this is reminding me of something that I don't care for. Playing crap the whip with people when I was ice skating and making a human chain and being snapped off the end of it it was bad and i'm like what what kind of shit happened in your childhood fuck like red rover getting some arm burn like that's what i remember but anyway it's fine um so nancy sees this guy who she doesn't recognize who is kind of like waving at her and pointing and she's like what the fuck and then she looks up at the line and she realizes that the guy is pointing at the tow line which has frayed and which flings her off and because she has enough time to realize what's going on she has enough time to like go limp which like later in the book they're like you did the right thing it's good to go limp when you fall which again like oh my god even knowing that as i've read it several times in fictional books so it has to be true i wouldn't be able to do it (laughs) but nancy of course is like i fall like a motherfucking champ so she falls on the ground bumps her head gets a concussion Um, When she wakes up, she sees that there's two guys. One has, like, regular blonde hair, and the other one has curly blonde hair. And she's like, am I seeing things? Because the curly blonde hair is the guy that was waving at her and pointing, and the regular blonde hair is Luke. And Luke is looking at the uh, the curly-haired guy, and he's like, I haven't seen you since the Broken Leg Cafe. And then Nancy, like, loses out again. When she wakes up, there's nobody else there. It's just Luke. And Luke is rubbing snow on her fucking face, which I would have I punched him directly in the face if I had woken up to find somebody rubbing some fucking snow on my face. Um, but Nancy is like, who, who is that? And Luke's like, I don't know what you're talking about. There was nobody else here. And Nancy's like, okay, motherfucker. Because like he immediately seems suspicious. He told her not to take the tow line, which then like she she's curious about it because she's like, 
first off, how the fuck did curly haired guys see it when I was like a foot away from it and didn't see it and he was significantly further away? Like that seems sketch. Second, like Luke tells her that she can't take the chairlift and then tells her about the tow rope and then like leaves as though he's like, I mean, I told you not to do it. It's like plausible deniability. It's like when Fortunato was going to come over and so Montressor was like, y'all need to stay home. Like you're giving yourself an alibi here. But anyway, so Luke says, I don't know what you're talking about. There was nobody else here. And Nancy's like, okay. So her friends ski up and they're like, oh my God, are you okay? And Nancy's like, yeah, I think I'm fine. And they're like, yeah, okay. No, no more skiing today. You have clearly been concussed. And so like they check her out and she's been concussed, which again, at this point in the series, Nancy knows the signs of a concussion, like the back of her fucking hand. So they take her back and they're like, okay, let's have some hot cocoa and relax in front of the fire. And Ned's like, okay, so I'm just going to like prop your foot up and everything's going to be good. As soon as George, who I've mentioned earlier in the files is kind of coded as maybe demisexual, like they say in the books, like she doesn't fall in love very much, but when she does, she falls hard, like in this book she's quoted as saying when I fall in love it's going to be for real as opposed to Bess of course who was like do you have a dick then I'm here for that shit so so George sees Luke and like immediately they seem to have some electricity between them and seem to hit it off and Nancy's very intrigued by this because again this is not a thing that happens for George George is not the one who is like oh my god can I can I get up on that like that's not her so but of course, like Luke is athletic, George is extremely athletic, so it makes some sense. Like they would make a good couple that way. But anyway, so Nancy takes it easy for the rest of the day. And of course, she's very concerned about, you know, what else could possibly be going on. Um, Luke has let um, Ned try out the skis because Ned was like, can I just try them out for the day? And if I like him, then I'll buy him from you. And Luke's like, that's fine. So later on that day, after she's been taking it easy for a while, of course, she gets cabin fever and she's like, okay, let's just, let's go out there because I'm really curious about Luke. And I don't know why he lied to me about not seeing that curly haired guy because like, I, I, I mean, I know I was concussed, but I remember him pretty clearly. And also I do want to check out that tow rope. And Ned's like, I'm here for you and always. And so they decide to go up and see what Luke and George are doing. And they follow the path that they think that Lord, that that Luke and George did, but they can't quite find them. Like, they're always a little bit ahead of them. So they end up going to, I don't know what the fuck the name of the trail is. It doesn't matter, like Bobcat Ridge or some shit. Um, and that's like, I'm going to challenge you to a rematch, Nancy. And Nancy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to whip your ass. And that's like, you are not, you are not going to whip my ass. And Nancy's like, really? And then she's like, go. And so Nancy, of course, cheats and Ned yells and runs after her. I runs skis briskly. I don't know what the fuck, like the tow rope, she's skiing uphill. Like, I don't understand skiing. It, It defies all laws of physics. That's fine. So anyway, they're racing and it's very cute. And Nancy's like, I'm gonna I'm going to whip your ass, buddy. Um, But then all of a sudden, like, Ned pulls ahead of her and executes, like, this perfect stop. And then they're skiing. And then, like, Ned suddenly, like, pitches forward and falls in the snow. And Nancy doesn't know what the fuck's going on. So she skis over to him. And she's like, Ned, oh, my God, Ned. Um, 
And he's like completely passed the fuck out. His leg has been in a way that she doesn't like. And she's trying to wake him up. And she's like, oh, my God, Ned. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she's like, well, Dick rubs snow on my face. So I guess I'll do that. So she picks up some snow, rubs it on his face. And she's like, Ned. And gets really close to him. And he looks up at her. And like his eyelashes flutter. And he's like, I must be in heaven. And Nacy's like, what? And he's like, because an angel's rubbing noses with me. And you're like, oh, my God. Yes. Give me some more of your pickup lines. Anyway, so Nancy's like, you total idiot. Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I think I'm fine. Um, And at that point is when Luke and George finally ski up. And Luke's like, what happened? And Nancy's like, we were just skiing down the hill. And Ned's like, yeah, I mean, if my daredevil girlfriend had not challenged me to a race, like he's just joking. He's, you know, he just thinks it's cute. And Luke turns to Nancy and he's like, I should have known that you'd be behind this. Like, you are just such a, a terrible person. And then, like, he's looking at Ned and, and seeing that he's been injured. And he's he looks over at Nancy and he gets, Luke, it gets really mad. And he's like, do you not understand how terrible it is to be responsible for someone else's tragedy? And Nancy's like, uh, can you take it down a notch? Did you just do a hit of meth? Like, can, can you fucking calm down? Like he's alive and he hasn't broken anything. But George looks over at Luke and it's like her face turns white as though like maybe that's significant to her when he says that. And of course, Nancy's like, God, what a dick. So Luke's like, we're going to have to load you up on a stretcher and take you down the mountain. And it's like, I am fine. Like, I'm just going to walk this shit off. I'm just worried about baseball season. And Nancy's like, oh, fuck, baseball season. Fuck. Um, and Ned's ankle is swelled up. But, yeah, Luke actually, like, fucking puts him on a snow stretch or whatever the fuck that is. And, like, takes him down the mountain to the first aid hut. And they're like, yeah, it's just a sprain. So just stay out for a bit and you should be okay. And it's like, okay. So um, Nancy and Ned go back to... <laughs> Nancy and Ned respawn and go back to start. Um, and so, of course, like, everybody feels terrible. Um, Nancy is curious about the skis, though, because Ned tells her that everything was fine, and then all of a sudden his foot slid out of the boot, and the boot came out of the ski. So they take everything down the mountain with them because, of course, I think Ned was just borrowing them from Luke. He didn't actually have them yet. Um, so Ned's like, I don't know what happened with the skis. Like, I I guess like there was some sort of malfunction with them. And so Luke looks at it and George looks at it and they're like, well, I mean, it looks like this screw hole got stripped. And they're like, I mean, it could have happened to anyone. And Ned's like, sure. And Nancy's like, okay, I'm almost, well, killed is probably too strong a word. I'm almost severely injured in an accident. I mean, I, she says that, like, if she hadn't let go of the rope when she did, if she hadn't prepared for the fall the way she did, that that probably, like, she could have been seriously injured as opposed to just the concussion that she had. And then Ned, I, I guess, if your foot comes out of a ski at the wrong time, like, I, I don't fucking know. But anyway, she's like, this is weird. We have a prowler, and then we have me almost getting injured, and then we have Ned almost getting injured, and, or getting, both of them get injured. And she's like, I just, I just don't know. Like, I want to look at the tow rope and I really want to see if like the skis, if this is a thing that actually naturally could have happened, if this was just a coincidence or did somebody sabotage the skis? So, uh, they go back to the cabin to hang out 
um Ned's like it's cool we can we can go out and do something and Nancy's like ah okay so they actually go out to this frozen skating pond that's nearby and of course Nancy's out there just you know doing some some gentle Olympics warm-up like just doing some jumps and some just some stunts while Ned is looking on and she's just thinking about the case and she's like okay so I feel like the common denominator here is Luke, who seems to be like an out of control wacko. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna focus on him. I've got a bad feeling though, because George seems to be really super fucking hung up on him. So in the meantime, Bess has been hanging out with Gunter. So Nancy's like, okay, Bess, look. Oh, by the way, Gunter, of course, is an alpine ski champion who likes to just rescue people in his spare time back home in Germany. And so Nancy's like, Bess, I want you to take some ski lessons with Luke and like just keep an eye on him, see if there's anything weird going on. And Bess is like, I'm your girl. I will get Gunter to sign up for the classes too. And I'm like, Gunter hardly seems to need the classes, but I mean, it's fine. I'm sure that he wants to hang out with you as well, girl. It's cool. So here's the thing, like... It's just all weird. It's just a, a series of things. And again, like, they're in these, this dormitory situation, so that's already kind of weird. And, yeah. So, Nancy, of course, that night can't really sleep, even though, like, you're like, you should be passed the fuck out because you were concussed earlier. It's fine. Um, so, she actually gets up and looks around, and she sees somebody through the window. She sees somebody, like, skiing away, and she's like, oh, the prowler. So she goes to look, and somebody has taken something and written murderer in the snow, like in huge letters, so that, you know, anybody could see it. By the way, Luke is also staying there, which you're like, ding, ding, ding. Um, <laughs> maybe that's important. Um, so Nancy goes to Liz, and she's like, the next morning the letters are gone. She's like, I don't know if somebody wiped them away, if they left them out there so that somebody here would see them. Like, was murder directed toward whoever, like, tried these accidents with me and Ned? Like, is somebody here, like, a legit murderer? Like, are they going to try to keep killing us until they get us? Because, again, nobody really has any reason to go after Nancy that she knows of. Nobody really has any reason to go after any of them that she knows of. It's Vermont. It's not like it's somebody from a Oh, this is reminding me of another book we're going to talk about. It's not somebody from a previous case. It's not somebody who has some sort of grudge against her. She's like, maybe somebody overheard Liz, like, trying to hire me to be a detective to find out what's going on around here. But, like, that seems a bit extreme because we're going from prowling to, like, serious accidents. So, so that's what... I think that's probably a good place to stop so we're going to stop this section there and we're going to pick up with when nancy starts to figure out what might be going on okay so we're picking up with nancy has figured out that something weird is going on she's not quite sure what she knows that somebody's tried to kill her somebody's tried to kill ned or just to injure them or something. So anyway, she does finally get a look at the tow rope. And the tow rope clearly looks like it's just been kind of like partially cut. So somebody tried to make it so that the tow rope would work for a while. And then after somebody tried to use it and actually put weight on it, it wouldn't work anymore. Um, 
But Luca switched it out and he's like, just mind your own fucking business. And Nancy's like, fuck you, buddy. But anyway, um, she also goes out to look at the skis and she sees that Luca's out there looking at them and he's like, it's just normal wear and tear, whatever, bye. And just runs away. And Nancy's like, okay. So she goes out there and looks at them later. And she takes out her Swiss Army knife because, of course, she has a fucking Swiss Army knife. And she finds that in the hole that had been apparently stripped, like when the, the screw was stripped out, um, she sees that apparently there's like some gray like modeling clay. And she looks at it and she's like, okay, so somebody clearly like widened this hole and then put clay in it so that it would just, it would be just sturdy enough for somebody to not realize that it was bad. And then whenever somebody tried to use it, it would clearly like come undone, which like I said, I know next to nothing about skis, so sure. But, um, but Nancy's like, okay, Luke is the common denominator here. Like the tow rope was the thing that he would use. The skis were his. Um, when she says, you know, how did this happen? Like, is this a normal thing? Like Luke's like, I, I blame myself. I really should have inspected them a little bit more closely. And given what he says when he's like, being responsible for somebody else's tragedy and then Ned like falling down like you're like okay were you projecting like because you seem like you were projecting like you seem like something was going on there that you just don't want to talk about but anyway so the next night Nancy and her friends are like what are we gonna do and they have heard that the Overlook Hotel has a kick and dance club which uh, on the one hand I'm like but it's full of dead people and it's fine <laughs> Because this is not The Shining. But anyway, um, so they decide to go over there. This is when they cram five whole-ass adults into that Mustang, which, again, I'm going to call a logistics foul on that because, no, at least one of you is going to have a concussion at the end of that. But anyway, um, so Nancy and Ned, Bess and Gunter, and then they tell George, and George is like, oh, let me mention it to Luke and see if he wants to go. But apparently he does not because he is a little bitch. So... So all five of them cram into the tiny ass Mustang and head over to the dance club. Um, Ned is not going to be able to because, of course, he's on crutches. But he's like, hey, I, I would love for you to go. That's cool. So Nancy's out on the dance floor. She dances with Gunter. Um, and, you know, there's some other cute guys. But, of course, she goes and sits with Ned for a while because they're soulmates and it's fine. Um, but then she bumps into a guy because of course it's pretty crowded out there and she looks at him and she's like you and he's like oh you are you okay because it is the curly haired blonde guy and you're like of course the curly haired blonde guy i've been waiting for him my whole life um so he's like oh my gosh like are are you okay because i i know that like luke was there and nancy's like so you know luke because of course she is desperate for more information about him anytime she brings anything up about him like george gets incredibly defensive and is like he had nothing to do with this you need to shut the fuck up and nancy's like i i'm really not in love with the fact that you have fallen from my main suspect like that is super putting a cramp in my style like if you could possibly tone it down a notch but anyway it's okay um so she's talking to the guy who introduces himself as Michael Price, and he's like, yeah, like, Luke is a special person, isn't he? And Nancy's like, how so? And Luke's, and Michael's like, he just, he's got a temper on him, and he's just pretty unpleasant to be around. And Nancy's like, 
oh, okay, well, how, how do you, like, what's your relationship with him? Like, how do you know him? And Michael's like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a journalist and I cover skiing. And so that's how I know him, like, because he's a skier. And Nancy's like, oh, okay, well, that, that's cool. Um, if you're a skier, oh my God, let me introduce you to my friend. And she's like, she goes over to George and she's like, George, because Luke is not there. She's like, George, I, there's this guy I want you to meet. And George is like, fuck you. You know that I'm interested in Luke and I'm not interested in some random curly haired jackass. And Nancy's like, but he really loves skiing. And George is like, fuck this shit. And so she leaves and like, she ain't here for this shit. And Nancy's like, I'm really sorry. And Michael's like, oh, it's okay. And he is being weirdly flirty, but also like super snarky at the same time. Like he reads as somebody who has a massive hate crush on Luke. Like just, he's got some, some repressed feelings going on for him. Anyway, so they go back and Nancy's like, okay, so they clearly know each other. I know that he mentioned Broken Leg Cafe to him. I don't, I just don't quite understand what's going on here. So what she finds out is that Luke's name is not actually Luke. Like that's just the name he's using here. His real name is John Burnson, which again, whiter like we're we're going full ass Scandinavian we're going you have skin so white it is blue but anyway um so he was an Olympic hopeful and once Nancy finds that out she's like oh my god because if he was an Olympic hopeful then that is why George would know pretty much everything about him because she mentioned something randomly like oh, well, if you're such a good skier, why are you not, like, trying out for the Olympics? And George all of a sudden turns white because she realizes that's where she knows it from. But, of course, Nancy doesn't know that at the time. So, John, which is his real name, um, he was trying out for the Olympics and something happened. And so Michael's like, yeah, he was this, he likes to play jokes and pranks. And he challenged this guy to a night race and the guy died. And so I hate him. And Nancy's like, fucking hell really and Michael's like yeah he's just a a whole ass dick and Nancy's like okay so if if that happened like was he ever like arrested or anything and Michael's like they just they couldn't pin anything on him but we all know it was him like oh my god and Nancy's like well fuck if he if he was involved in this nighttime race and he killed a guy, like, oh my god, and George, George is in love with him, like, oh fuck, but anyway, so that's where she's stuck, she's found out about him, but she wants to find out more, and of course, because this is the kind of book that we are in, a snowstorm is rolling in, it's gonna be massive, it's probably gonna kick the lights off, it's just, it's gonna be super bad, and Liz is like, look, if you guys want to leave, I understand. She's like, I don't, like, love the idea of being stuck here with a prowler slash person who was saying that there's a murder in this building. But, I mean, I can, uh, I understand because you probably want to leave. And I get that. She's like, we've got a generator and we've got plenty of supplies and we're going to be okay. So, I mean, if you want to stay, it's cool. And so Bess is like, well, if Gunter is staying here, then I'm staying here. And so she talks to him, and he's like, yeah, hell yeah. I've I've been an alpine rescuer, so it's cool. And Nancy talks to the rest of her friends, like, and of course, George is not going anywhere 
if her boyfriend does not go. And so she goes to talk to him and she's like, he's staying here and so am I. And I don't care what you guys do. Like, I can just ride the bus home after her. And Nancy's like, oh my God, can you please stop being 13 years old? Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Ned's like, oh, I'm, I'm fine with staying here. I mean, you know, everybody else is going to be here. I, you know, you, you got this mystery to solve. It's cool. And Nancy's like, okay, okay. I guess we're going to stay here then. Cool. Um, in the meantime, because we have no internet, as this is not even a sparkle of tubes in Al Gore's eye, um, I'm going to go up to town and check out the library. And everyone's like, cool, we're going to just like put supplies together as we do. So she goes to the library in town and she finds articles about the night in question. So the person who died was named Dieter Mueller, which Michael says that he was good friends with Dieter Mueller. Dieter Mueller was on the German Olympic hopeful team. So apparently they were doing tryouts or some shit. I've, I don't fucking know. I don't follow the Olympics. Oh my God. I may be like one of the only people who doesn't, but anyway. Um, so what she finds out is that Luke John was in contention and Dieter was on the German team and they had some sort of rivalry going and they, the Broken Leg Cafe, which she remembers hearing between John and Michael. It's confusing, isn't it? Because I've been referring to him as Luke the whole time, but his real name is John. Um, so she remembers the Broken Leg Cafe from what they were talking about. She's like, okay, so that makes sense that, that they would be mentioning that. But that would, okay, so that means that Michael was there that night, I guess. Because apparently they, Dieter and Luke John, John Luke? Oh, now he sounds like Picard. Which means that I'm probably going to start calling him fucking Picard, even though he's not nearly as awesome. Um, so they apparently had some sort of rivalry going, and then they he challenged them to the race. It was at night. It was, like, pretty reckless for them to fucking do. But anyway, so, like, the apparently he fell and hit his head, Dieter did, and so that's what caused it. And apparently his cousin... Dieter's cousin was like swearing eternal vengeance on who on John who killed his cousin and I'm like that's some good Shakespearean shit right there like yes let's focus on that so of course the librarian is like I've got things to do like Nancy has to like fucking photocopy shit so she's looking at like old sports illustrated and all this stuff so she finds like a picture that's got him in it um to confirm that yes indeed Luke is John um so she photocopies all that and takes it with her, and she's like, okay, I really need to convince George that she needs to leave. Like, I, I've got a really bad feeling about this. Like, he's, the guy that she's in love with has already been involved in this other suspicious death. They've been, all these accidents are happening. Because Nancy's, Nancy doesn't know what to think, because, like, Luke is, Luke John, Jean-Luc, is adjacent to everything that's happening, and so she's like, I don't know if it's a, he's an intended victim. I don't know if he's the one who's doing it. I don't know if he has just like a fucking sick sense of humor. Which there's one point where Nancy and Ned decide to go like clue finding because she's a little bit concerned about Michael because, again, he's like this ski journalist out of nowhere. So they go up to the Overlook to ask around and they're like, if Luke has been like doing other dangerous things and people would know about it like let's just spread out and ask questions so nancy decides to get in her nancy and i decided to get in the mustang and go but the mustang won't start <laughs> which i was like 
that's suspicious. And it turns out at the end of the book that apparently it's explained by a completely coincidental um, problem with the Mustang that would cause it not to start. And Nancy's like, I don't know why it's not starting. Like, it started yesterday and it was colder than it is now. So Liz is like, oh, just take Luke's Jeep. And so Nancy and Ned get in the Jeep. They go down to the Overlook. They don't really find out that much, which is disappointing to Nancy. She sees Michael, who is just a big old snark master again. And um, and then she's out. Oh, she finds him on the ice skating rink because, of course. And um, then Luke comes up to Nancy and he's like, the Jeep is only for use in emergencies. And this hardly counts as an emergency, like you coming up here to like flaunt her ass. And Nancy's like... I'm sorry, my car wouldn't start. And he's like, I'm taking those keys. And Nancy's like, uh, okay. I don't actually have the keys. Like, Ned has the keys. You're going to have to go find him. And so he flounces off, and Nancy's like, cool, because apparently Luke's just going to strand them there. Like, at the Everlook Hotel, which, again, chills are going down my spine as I say those words. Um, <laughs> Anyway. So... Nancy goes to find Ned after, and she's like, oh, did Luke come yank the keys? And Ned's like, no, I haven't seen him. And apparently, like, right after Luke said, I, I need those keys, Michael looked over at him, and he was like, ah, yes, hello, Luke. You might remember our mutual friend, Dieter. And Luke's like, fuck you, and just stomps off. And Nancy's like, probably he was feeling a bit emotional because, you know, Hitting coke like 14 times a day might make some shit happen. I don't know. Maybe meth. He's got some stuff going. So, yeah, Luke didn't get the keys from Ned. So, they get back in the Jeep. And you're like, I know how this is going because I understand everything. I understand the logic of these things. Of course, the Jeep has fucking been sabotaged. Because, again, it is Luke adjacent, which whenever Liz was like, oh, you can just take Luke's Jeep, I'd be like, I would rather set it on fucking fire than to touch that shit. Because, again, like, everything he touches seems to be sabotaged in some way. And this is no different. So, of course, they're driving down a mountain, and of course the brakes give out, which you'll remember from the first book was something else that happened to Nancy in the original red car. Which... Side note, a thing that I have about the files is I really wish that Nancy would learn things um, because she really doesn't. Like, she'll run into it. There's the stuff that she knows at the beginning of the series, like the stuff that she's, like, imbued with. But the stuff that happens to her over and over, like, she doesn't really seem to learn that much from. And I get that, like, it's partially due to all the different ghostwriters and their perceptions of her and what she does. And it's partially because, like, you need... 18 chapters worth of cliffhangers, um, which, oh my god, but, like, the whole brakes thing, like, there's a few different things that you can do about brakes, and honestly, she does look over at the side of the road and say, okay, what I can do is I can run up on the embankment, and I can slow the car down enough that it will, that I can stop it against something before we plunge off the side of a cliff and die, because Ned, of course, is like, you need to stop the car. And she's like, I can't, I can't stop the car. The brakes have gone bad. Um, so Ned's like, jump. And what Nancy realizes is that Ned can't because his, his ankle is still wounded. And so he can't, there's no way that he would be able to jump far enough to get clear of the wreck if, if she was in fact going to wreck. So she's like, I have to get the car under control. So she manages to pull it over and over on the embankment and it goes up a tree and it flips, of course. And so like Nancy and Ned finally pull free of the car and are like clinging to each other. And you're like, yes, yes, more of this. I want some near death 
expressions of love, like, let's do this shit. Yes. And it's just so cute because they're just sitting there clinging to each other like, yeah, we almost died again. Like, oh my God. Is there a better way to bond and or get up enough adrenaline to have crazy sex? I do not know. But anyway, so all of these things have happened. Like the Jeep is trashed (laughs) because they fucking on the side. And Michael gives them a ride back. He's like, oh, I was just driving this way, which by this point, if you've probably figured this out, that Michael is more deeply involved than he has led on to this point, because I was like, yeah, of course he drove by to see if maybe the Jeep was in a wreck on the side of the road, like for reasons, because he seems to be just a massive weasel. So, I mean, it's cool. But anyway, so Nancy's got all that in her head. She's got, she's got suspicions about Luke because of the Jean-Luc, because of the suspicious death, but, like, she still doesn't know, is he the one who was doing all this, or what, so that's what we're going to pick up in part three, is, like, they're snowed in, because uh, they actually get the car ready to go, and everything, and then, like, the power goes out, and they decide they're going to stay there, like, yeah, yeah, oh, and, and the generator goes out, which you're like, of course it does. Of, of course it does. Oh my God. Like, just, just make it worse. Why don't you? But it's fine. Okay. So that's what we're going to pick up next time is we're trapped in a snowstorm with a murderer. Part three, we're going to finish the shining. No, fuck, fuck no, fuck no. Oh my God. No, we're not in the haunted overlook hotel. Okay. So they are at the Web Cove Inn, the Web Cove Lodge, um, Liz is like, okay, so we've got plenty of provisions, the bad news is, of course, the generator's gone out, because fuck everything, so, I mean, it's fine, we've, we've got a big old campfire, it's cool, I'm, I can make stew, we got this, so she's not feeling that bad about it, like, she's not, at least she's got other people there, so everybody else is pretty much left, which you're like, there were other people, and yes, there were some cardboard cutouts that they would occasionally move around behind them just to make it seem that there were other guests, because it doesn't fucking matter. Um, Michael comes by, because he is the killer, the, he's been the killer the whole time, pretty much yes. Um, Michael comes by with a backpack, and he's like, oh, well, I just came by to give you guys some provisions and make sure you were okay. I've got a a backpack. And Nancy actually um, sees him skiing and she's like, he's got a good form. Like, hmm. I mean, I know that he is a ski enthusiast as he is a ski journalist, but he's also got, he's got a hot ass on him. But anyway, um, so of course everyone's like, "We, we don't need your help. I mean, because he was like, oh, I thought you guys would be leaving. And Nancy's like, no, we're we're just going to stick it out here. I mean, it's it's cool. It's cool. Um, so John, Jean-Luc, and George have made a date. They're going to go up to, like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, make out point, basically. <laughs> For a moonlight skiing trip. And Nancy's like, uh, given his past history, like, I would not say that one should go moonlight skiing with this bitch, but, and George is like, you don't know anything about him, and Nancy's like, you know who it is, don't you, and George is like, yeah, I mean, I, I kept hiding all the Sports Illustrated's because I was pretty sure you were going to figure it out, and I didn't want you to be flipping through the magazines and say, oh my god, it's him, and Nancy's like, why, and George is like, because everybody said that he killed that guy, and he did not. He is a sweet, sweet man with a really gruff temper, and I love him, and 
we're going to get married and have a dozen children. No, she doesn't say that. George never says that. George would never say that. Anyway, um, but George is very defensive about Jean-Luc. And Nancy's like, I mean, I get it. I just, look, we don't, we don't know what's going on here. I would feel better if you didn't, um, if you didn't go out in this, like, just, just don't be alone with him. And George is like, you do not know him like I do. I, I could not be safer. Like he is the best. And so they announce that they're going up to lookout point, make out point while Michael's in the room because Luke is, Jean-Luc is all about like announcing to the room, like I'm going to be at this location in 15 minutes. Goodbye forever. And like just flounces off like at all points. So if you're ever like, I wonder where Luke is, he is going to tell you noisily really, really soon. So just know that. So, of course, Michael hears this, and you're like, yeah, that's that's not going to be a bad thing. It's fine. So, George decides to go keep her date with Jean-Luc, and Nancy's like, I just, I got a real fucking bad feeling about this. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not here for this shit. And Ned's like, look, my foot is pretty much healed up, like... I'm pretty sure I got this. Let me go with you, like, to just check out, make sure everything's okay. And Nancy's like, are you sure? And it's like, girl, I got you. So they decide to go up to make out point <laughs> to make sure that, like, everything's okay. And Nancy, I think it's this point, actually, that she catches up with Jean-Luc, and she sees that there's been a rope that has been stretched across the path that he's going on like, really taut, but at a height that he wouldn't necessarily have seen it, and I don't even know how the fuck she sees it, but she, like, motions to him and and gets him to realize that that's happening, and he ducks and catches him across the head, but, like, it doesn't catch him across the neck, which it was at neck height for him, and I'm like, the logistics of this are pretty staggering. Like, you'd have to be like, okay, am I the same height as this person? Can I find two trees at the right height? Can I then stabilize the rope so that it would, like... Anyway, we're we're talking like super villainy. It's fine, but um, but he sur- he survives this, and he's like, I've still got to go meet George. And Nancy's like, Fuck off, fuck this, just just fuck this. He manages to get ahead of Nancy and Ned, and so does George. And so by the time they actually catch up with them, what they when they ski into the clearing, what they see is George is kneeling at the edge of a cliff. There is a guy wearing a ski mask, which Luke was wearing, Jean-Luc was wearing a ski mask. And he's like basically trying to force her to fall off the cliff. Like he's, her, her mask has come off, her scarf has come off. She's like clearly upset. And so Ned goes over and like punches him in the fucking face. And he, the assailant runs off, which of course, like, they don't know what's going on because like it, they're like it's it was it was Jean-Luc it was him he he attacked George for no reason because George is like I don't know what the fuck happened and Nancy's like did he say anything like did he was he upset that I'd figured out who he was or like anything like that and George is like no like we met at the right place and he just gestured with me to come with him and I thought that we were going to go to this really romantic place and I was really excited and then we get here and he just fucking started fucking strangling me and I am not okay with this and then, like, Jean-Luc, like, fucking skis into the clearing and is like, George, what's, what's going on? And you're like, what the fuck? Because Ned's like, bitch, take one more step. You know what you did. And Jean-Luc is like, I, what are you talking about? 
George, are you okay? And George just like is upset and can't talk. And they finally are like, you know what you did? You attacked her. And Jean-Luc is like, what, what are you talking about? I didn't attack her. And George is like, what? And Jean-Luc is like, I was at the Overlook trying to get a, a replacement part for our radio because, you know, everything at the fucking place has been sabotaged at this point. Everything. Like, they're going to return. It's going to be a smoldering pile of rubble. But anyway, he went up there to get that, and then he got a note at the front desk telling him that George was going to meet him there. And so Jean-Luc's explanation is that he was waiting at the Overlook for George, and then when she didn't show, that's when he came over to see, like, what was happening. Like, maybe she got held up or something. Because apparently you can see all the way from Webco to the Overlook. I don't fucking understand skiing. Is it, like, teleporting, just involving snow? I don't know. Anyway, so... Um, after Jean-Luc has asked which way the assailant skied off, um, he, f- he goes wherever that trail leads and Nancy's watching him and she's like, he favors his leg, which in the accident that basically cost him his Olympic hopes and dreams. Um, so Dieter fell, hit his head and died. John fell and like got a concussion, cracked some ribs, broke his leg, like all sorts of shit. And so, like, he has some stiffness in his leg, which Nancy's noticed before in previous instances where she's seen him skiing. And so she looks at him and she's like, he's not the one who attacked George. Because the person who attacked George got up and skied away and there was no stiffness, there was no hint of a limp there. Which, if you're suspicious like me, you're like, maybe he's been faking it the whole time. But anyway, so Nancy's like, uh... If he was telling the truth, if Jean-Luc was telling the truth about this, then that means that somebody else has been doing all this. Somebody else attacked George. Somebody who wanted George to think that John had attacked her. Huh. So, they just, they take George back to the lodge. And, of course, like, the power's out and every, they're figuring out what dinner's going to be. And then, um, Michael comes back. And he's like, where's Jean-Luc? And everyone's like, he was out looking for whoever attacked George. And Michael's like, oh my God, somebody attacked George. Like, what's going on? And they hear a rumbling outside. And Liz looks out and she's like, oh my God, oh fuck. There's been a fucking avalanche. And you're like, of course there has. Of course there's been a fucking avalanche. Because, of course. I mean, next is going to be Godzilla. Because y'all just got shit luck. So... Um, because, and George is like, oh my God, that's, that's where Jean-Luc was. Oh my God. So they look around and Nancy's like, okay, me and Michael will go look for him. And they're like, how many of us should go with him? Like how many, should we form like a big search party? Because again, Gunter has, he's done Alpine rescue y'all. Like he is 100% the person you should pick for this dodgeball team. But um, Nancy says, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to split into groups and me and Michael will go out and because Michael's a really strong skier and we'll try to find Luke, Jean-Luc. And then next, if we don't come back, then Liz and Gunter can come try to rescue our asses because we're going to be poking around trying to find. So, um, Michael's like, oh, well, I know the path that he would have been taking and I know a shortcut. And so what Nancy realizes eventually, like she's thinking about this the whole time and she's like, 
I got a real bad feeling about this. I, I think that Michael's the one because she sees him ski off and she's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the way the guy who attacked George was skiing. Fuck. So what she notices is that apparently Michael is leading her in like a, a loop. So they end up back at the place at lookout point, makeout point where George was almost like thrown off a cliff. And so Michael's like, so we, we really should have taken that turn off back there. And it's like, it's so creepy because it's almost like this romantic thing where he's like, now we can be alone together. And Nancy's like, but he's not like, that's, that's not the vibe. The vibe is mostly like, you figured it out, haven't you? And Nancy's like, why did you do it? Like, why, why do you hate him so much? Because I don't really think that you were friends with Dieter. And so this is Michael's supervillain origin story. So Michael was also on the Olympic hopeful ski team for the U.S., of course, because so was John, even though it should have been for Sweden, because look at that last name. But anyway, it's fine. So Michael was in the Broken Leg Cafe that night, and he overheard John and Dieter making their wager, which... John and Dieter were not rivals that way. Like, they were, they loved to, like, good-naturedly rib each other and whatever the fuck. And just, like, John was a little bit of an idiot, clearly. So he was there, and he heard this, and he was like, this is perfect. I can eliminate my competition very quick, very easily, because they're stupid. And if there's an accident tonight, everybody will just blame it on the fact that they were fucking night skiing. I guess with no lights on, I don't, like, why, how, so many questions, but it doesn't matter, so what happened was that Michael actually hid on the trail that he knew that they were going to be using, and he tripped Dieter, and he just meant to take him out of commission, but he, like, Dieter fell and hit his head, and that was it, and so Michael goes up, sees what's going on, um, because John's over his body trying to figure out what's going on, see if he's okay, realizes that he's not okay, and Michael's like, yeah. And so he actually picks up a rock and just brains Luke with it, Jean-Luc. And so he finds out later that while Dieter died, John did not, And but he has amnesia. Like, he doesn't remember what happened that night. He just knows that everyone knows that they had uh, their night skiing adventure, but he doesn't remember anything about it, so he doesn't remember seeing Michael. And that's what Michael's most afraid of. And so whenever he and Michael see each other, Whenever John Jean-Luc is like, I haven't seen you since the Broken Leg Cafe, like Michael realizes that it's very possible that John's memory is coming back. And if that's true, then he might remember that Michael was there that night and that Michael had something to do with what happened. And so what Michael's been trying to do is basically just scare him off to, to warn him away from saying anything about it. Also, possibly just murder him. So that's what they figure out. And of course, Michael comes at Nancy... Um, she manages to elude him for long enough to get away, and then Ned and Liz ski up at exactly the crucial moment. And of course, Michael is like, "I would have gotten away with it without your pesky kids and whatever." So, um, yeah. So at the end of it, like they take Michael into custody. They find Luke, who um, Jean Luc, who was buried in the fucking avalanche. Which, yes. Of course, because he is a supervillain. Michael did all of this shit. He fucked with the tow rope. He fucked with the Jeep because, again, he wanted to just fucking murder Jean-Luc. And so when he drove by, he was like, yeah, I was really hoping to see him dead on the side of the road, but instead it was you two, and you were very much alive. Um, he fucked with the skis because he, he was like, that would be perfect because they were his skis. 
And so it would just look like, you know, he was sloppy with his equipment. So he did all that. And apparently Nancy spotted that he had this little like remote control device. So he probably set some explosives, which again, like the sheer level of super villainy that had to be going on for him to be like, okay, I'm going to rig up this line across the path at neck height just for just some light decapitation reasons. And also, I'm going to buy some fucking explosives, which I'm going to explain by saying that I really love the 4th of July, despite the fact that it is the dead of winter, and just rig that up to start a fucking avalanche, which, again, like, it feels like the sheer level of precision there is pretty staggering. I'm just going to say that. So they find Luke, Jean-Luc, who has been buried in the snow avalanche, and he's he's still alive, but he's, like, really cold, and, like, there's blood, and so everybody's like, oh, fuck, so they take him to the hospital, of course. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing here, honestly, like, because I thought this was hilarious, all of them go to the hospital to make sure that Luke is okay, Jean-Luc, now that they know that Michael was the unhinged super being all along, um, which I'm sure he's just frothing at the mouth in custody, um, which again makes me think of one that we're gonna do pretty soon that I, is so close to my heart that I can I can barely stand it anyway. So they're in the hospital waiting room and the nurse comes out and she's like, "He's awake." And then he looks the nurse looks over at Ned and she's like, "He's asking for George." Which I love the fact that the nurse smiles when she says this because she's like, "I'm I'm blessing this same sex attraction like the fact that." Jean-Luc is awake and asking for George. Like, she's like, he's asking for you. Because, of course, it makes sense that it would be Ned because he's the only masculine person in there. And, of course, George, who is a woman, stands up and runs out of the room. And the nurse is like, oh, okay. So that was fun, though. Like, there was no judgment there. It was just like, he's asking for you. Anyway, so they go in there. Um... Jean-Luc, yes, in fact, has regained his memory, and he does remember seeing Michael on the path that night, and so all's well that ends well, and so Jean-Luc is like, yeah, I really owe a lot of this to George because she was helping me, you know, regain my memory, and she believed in me when no one else did, like, only her and my mom were the only two people who believed in me, and you're like, that actually, like, I mean, I get it, like, he is a deeply unlikable person for most of this like he's very brusque and he doesn't seem very like empathetic and he's yelling at people but I mean I get it he's under a lot of stress he thinks that he killed this guy that he was in a rivalry with he's never gonna like ski professionally again because of that injury like it's clearly he's a really good skier but he's got that injury to contend with so yeah I mean I get it and of course he's looking at George with love in his eyes and everyone's like Oh, that's, that's super cute. Okay. Y'all wearing stirrup pants because it's 1986, but y'all gonna rock it. Anyway, so Ned actually pulls Nancy over to the side and he's like, Nancy, come with me. And Nancy's like, oh, okay. So they leave the, the hospital room and Nancy's like, where are we going? And Ned's like, we are going to the Overlook Hotel because you know who has not tried out the jacuzzi? the two of us, and no one's going to think to look for us there, and we got some hot tubbing to do, and Nancy's like, that sounds absolutely fucking perfect, because again, I really want y'all to get a room to yourself so you can bang, but anyway, so that's how the book ends, with Ned and the promise of a jacuzzi, 
which is a story that I really should write, honestly, because that sounds fucking perfect, doesn't it? Jacuzzi? I feel like somebody has written it. I mean, how could you not? It's just fucking fantastic. The next book that we're going to be looking at for this Smile and Say Murder Alike features a guy named Mick. <laughs> not Mick Devlin, a.k.a. Fuck Goblin, Marissa. But um, this is another guy named Mick who there's there's a lot of just fucking weird shit going on the next one. But the next one is also the one that introduces the Hardys as fictional characters within the Nancy Drew Files universe. So you know that I am here for that shit. But anyway... So that's what we're going to pick up next time. I hope you enjoyed it. And stay classy.